the season for joy. Tis the season for tinsel and lights. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow are lined up at the computer, clicking their way to a Merry Christmas. Couples embrace. Romance is in the air. You're watching a Hallmark movie by candlelight. As the snow gently falls, let it snow, let it snow. Let the fireplace warm you, wassail and hot chocolate and mugs of tea. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Unless. No, I'm not talking about Grinch or Scrooge. I'm talking about the prodigal. Today on Chris Fabry Live, we're going to deal with the Christmas prodigal in your life. The one who has gone away and maybe has stayed away. For a long time. The one who is on your heart every morning when you wake up, every night when you put your head on the pillow, the one you've prayed for until you're blue in your spirit, the one you've begged God to bring home, bring back to himself. If you have a Christmas prodigal, today's program is for you. How do you deal with all the uncertainties you have with that son or daughter you love, particularly at Christmas? The ache gets deeper and more difficult. I hope you come on in and join us today at the Radio Backyard Fence. And I also want to invite you, if you are the prodigal, if you're the one who has seemingly gone away, I think you're going to get something from the program today. You're welcome here. Here's the number if you want to get involved today. Today I might get you 877-548-3675. Joe, the prayer guy, is our producer, Ryan McConaughey is doing all things technical. Trisha is our consulting producer. Our Maria is uh, answering your calls today. And you still have the 14th. You got one more day to sign up for uh, health care on, uh, <laughs> on the exchange. But you have a couple of weeks left to give a gift to Chris Fabry Live. And that's going to be so much easier for you. Uh, if you give a gift before the end of the year, and I suggest you do that more quickly than you don't wait around because the the thank you that we have for a gift of any amount right now is the book by well published by moody publishers mornings with tozer it's 365 days it'll take you all the way through 2018 if your devotional life you say ah, i want to this will help kind of jump start your life get you into the scripture get you thinking some deep thoughts about who god really is and prayer as well. Uh, it's just our way to say thank you. You've come alongside us at 866-95-FABRY or go to chrisfabrylive.org and you'll see it down on the, the bottom of the homepage. Thank you for being a back fence friend and thanks for your gift. And thanks, Dr. Ray Pritchard, for coming along beside us here today as well. A president of Keep Believing Ministries. He's a world traveler. He speaks all over. Our featured resources. What we talked about last time, but it fits in here, too, an anchor for the soul, help for the present, hope for the future. Ray Pritchard, welcome back to the program. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Chris, and how about yourself? I'm I'm quite well, and I feel like we're running on all cylinders now because we're dealing with, you know, some fun things. We had Stephen Curtis Chapman last week. We've got Michael Card yesterday. We were talking about the Incarnation and Emmanuel, and now we come to this thing where a lot of people are really hurting. And that's not a bad deal. If you're hurting because of your prodigal, there's something good in there for us. So start us off, Ray. Where do we where do we begin today? Well, let's just start off with the fact that we're 11 days out from Christmas. And you've already alluded to the parties and the fun and the celebration. 
And, and we all feel the pressure, the, you know, get stuff done and all of that. If we step back from all the cultural accretions of Christmas, just ask ourselves, what does it really mean? It means this, that we, a prodigal planet, we, a prodigal race, we, a group of men and women who rebelled against God and went running away as fast as we could, that God determined he wasn't going to give up without a fight, that God determined he was going to do the most radical thing in the history of the universe, that he was going to leave heaven and come to earth and be born as a little baby in a manger in a out-of-the-way place like Bethlehem so that he could rescue prodigals like you and like me. And so when we talk about the whole idea of of, of people who are away from the Lord, loved ones, husbands, wives, ex-husbands, ex-wives, friends, neighbors, people who are far, far, far from God, especially those in whom we have invested a great deal, and we wonder how we should think about it at Christmas time. Well, remember this, he came for us when we were prodigals. He didn't forget about us, Chris. He remembered us. He came for us. And that ought to be the foundation of our hope, that we need some good theology underneath our prayers, that if God cared enough for this prodigal planet to send his own son, surely he will hear our prayers as we pray for our loved ones at Christmas time. You know, I think a lot of parents, too, live under this weight of guilt. If only I had done this or that or the other thing, then my child wouldn't have chosen this or that or the other thing. And what you just said, we need a good theology. Let's look at the first man, the first woman. You know, did God make a mistake? Did did he not love them well enough in order to get them? And they made a choice that went away from him. So the first created human beings were prodigals in their in their hearts and their lives. So well, God and, had to deal with that. You know, and we, we ought to ask ourselves a question. Was God surprised when that happened? I mean, when Eve took the fruit and gave it to Adam, right? As she ate and he ate, did God go, wow, I didn't know that was going to happen. Well, if that's the truth, then we're really in trouble because God yes. really didn't know. But the whole point of the Bible is to say, God loved us. He made us. He created us. He, he gave Adam and Eve the the freedom of choice in the garden. And knowing, knowing what they were going to do, he set the whole thing in motion. They made their choices, and then God made his, ultimately coming to fruition in Bethlehem when he sent his son to, as they say, reverse the curse and and. To set to to to, uh, to to be to set in motion. Somebody said God declared war at Bethlehem. Yes, He did. War against sin and death and all that was let loose in the Garden of Eden. And so we ought to have great hope. If we go, the whole story of the Bible is the story of God moving in from heaven to earth to reverse the curse, to remove sin, and and to make it possible for prodigals like you and me to come home to God. If He did that for us. He can certainly and will certainly do it for our loved ones, too. And if my theology is correct, you know, John the Baptist looked at Jesus and said, behold, the Lamb of God who comes, who takes away the sin of the world. And then if you look at how they praise that same person, the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundation of the world, then what you just said is true. This was not God's fallback plan. You know, if this doesn't work, then we're going to do this like a, a football team will choose. Right. You know, if, if we don't get the first down here, we're going to no. God 
this was the plan all along. And don't you love the fact that what Satan must have been doing when those angels came out to the shepherds on that in Bethlehem, it must have confounded the demon horde of what in the world is happening here. I like to think of that confusion and and how it threw Satan for a, t- a frenzy. You know, I love what you what you said there that. Well, in, in football terms, since football explains everything, okay, sometimes in football we talk about halftime adjustments. Understand, folks, that may be true for football, but the cross of Christ was no halftime adjustment. It was in the game plan before the foundation of the world. Were the demons confused? Were they surprised? Absolutely. But God always intended to send his son, always intended to provide a redeemer, always intended to provide a way of salvation through the birth, life, death, and resurrection of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if that's true, then as we think about our loved ones who are far, far, far away, we ought not to think, well, it's just if we pray hard enough, let's Mm -hmm. stand on the truth that our God loves prodigals because he found us when we were prodigals. If he can do it for us, Chris, he can do it for our loved ones too. So I'm going to open the lines. Here's the number, 877-548-3675. Do you have a prodigal in your life? Have you given up? Have you thrown up your hands? Are you at the place where, you know, you've just been praying, 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 and nothing has happened, and you feel like you're praying the wrong thing? Is there some situation that maybe you know that you're going to be around the dinner table with a prodigal, and it might be your child, it might be a sibling that you have? Maybe your parent is a prodigal. And you're thinking about them today. They once believed and they've kind of gone off the deep end in some way. I want to hear from you today as we talk about Christmas prodigals. What Ray just said sets the stage. God cares about prodigals. He came for prodigals. Now, what do we do? We'll talk about that straight ahead on Moody Radio. Call Chris Fabry live now at 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. Christmas Prodigals today on Chris Fabry Live. Author, pastor, speaker, teacher, bike rider, president of KBM, Keep Believing Ministries, and purveyor of highfalutin words. In that first <laughs> section, Dr. Ray Pritchard said cultural accretion. And I was like, I got to go look that up. What in the world is that? And he, when I talked with him in the break, he said, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> so, so it's flowing. It's All just the, flowing. Cultural accretion, whatever it is. Are, are we for it or are we against it? I don't know. Well, I, I don't know either, but it's the accretion is a great word. It's kind of like uh, layers that get added. Sedimentary, oh, sure, you know, sure. That kind All of the thing. stuff that gets added to all the cultural accretions of Christmas, right? Okay. Ooh, Ooh, see, there okay. you go again. Okay, there you go. All right. all right, so here's what I want to do. We, we, this, the topic is Christmas prodigals. I don't want to just uh, stay here and just t- talk and talk more about what we think you, the problems are. I want to hear from you. So let's go right to the phones. Pam is in Florida. Pam, why'd you call today? Uh, I called because I had two boys 14 months apart who took the Lord into their heart when they were 9 and 10, but neither are walking with the Lord because of uh, different situations that maybe occurred. Occurred One uh, pastor had closed the church down and took the money, and that was a big influence on my boys. And then the other one lives in Colorado in a lifestyle that 
I don't condone, but, um, you know, I have to love on him, and hopefully he'll come back. He knows the Lord, but, you know, he's out there, you know, not in the right lifestyle. So it's yeah. just I pray, I pray, and I pray, and I go, Lord, 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 and I pray, and I don't stop, and I pray, and, you know, I said, show, show me a hint, show me a sign, show me something. And uh, it's just, it's not easy, but I continue to pray because I know that he is faithful. And, um, you know, I just... So it sounds like, Pam, the the two situations, there's one, you know why uh, the, the, the church, they hurt by the church in one sense, and another a moral thing that's going on and choices that he's making. So that's... That's the situation that Pam is in. What do you say, Ray? Well, two things I want to say, Pam. Number one, remember, every seed of truth that's been planted in your sons, every single seed is still there. All the verses, all the Sunday school lessons, all the truth you taught them, all the prayers you prayed for them, all the Bible studies they ever attended, every Sunday school class, every every part of the truth that anybody ever helped put into your son's lives that truth is still there. And what we should pray is, Lord, do whatever it takes to cause that truth to sprout up, to, to spring up into eternal life. And Pam, I, I like to tell people there's a, a good prayer to pray based on Ephesians 1, verses 17 and 18, where Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And by the way, that's the only place in the New Testament where the phrase eyes of the heart is actually mentioned. And what it means is this, is that just as you have physical eyes, your heart has spiritual eyes, and they're either open or closed. And I think you ought to pray for your sons. Oh, God, do whatever it takes to open the eyes of their hearts so that light from heaven can come flooding in. And that, the great thing about that prayer is it's a prayer only God can answer, but God can answer it. It's really putting the problem where it really belongs, which is on God's doorstep, because the heart of the problem with the prodigal, the heart of the problem is always the problem of the heart. And I think you are you are doing exactly the right thing by you I loved you said you, you said you're praying for them and you're loving on them. That's a great phrase, loving on them. A mother who prays fervently and loves on her kids those prayers are not going to go up and come back down for nothing. God is going to hear, and I believe God is going to answer. Don't give up, Pam. You are doing exactly what a godly mother should do. Hmm. Pam, what do you think? How do you respond to that? Well, um, Ephesians, what was it, Ephesians? Ephesians 1, verses 17 and 18. that's That's Paul's prayer for the Ephesian Christians, but really it applies for you and me. I pray that the eyes of your heart, now our modern translations say something like enlightened, but I found one translation, uh, which I quoted, that said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened so that light from heaven may come flooding in. And you know, when that happens, everything's going to change for both of your sons. When light from heaven comes flooding in, they will see. They will see what they do not see now. All of life will be different. So Hold on to that those two verses, Ephesians 1, 17 and 18, and keep on praying because God has given you a burden, and I believe God never gives a burden unless he also intends to give an answer. Mm. 
Pam, I'm so glad you keep listening. I'm, I'm glad you got through. But let me ask a follow up to you, Ray, because you said this. <laughs> I don't know if I believe what you just said, <laughs> meaning I don't know if I have the faith to believe what you just said, that God would do anything in order that the eyes of their heart may be open. You know, when you pray that, you might be praying that, you know, you're, the one you love gets into trouble has a problem that's uh, irreconcilable, that winds up in jail? I I don't know. Uh, There are different ways, right? Sure. And I think when we pray the prayer, we need to, we need to, well, there's always a danger, isn't there, of telling God not only what we want, but how he needs to answer our prayers. Look, he's God. He knows what to do. Our part is to pray. He knows how to answer. So when we say, Lord, do whatever it takes, we need to go to the worst. All we're saying is, Lord, I'm holding my I'm holding my loved ones in my hands. Lord, I'm going to open my hand right now. I'm opening my hand, and I'm saying, Lord, they belong to you. They belong to you long before they belong to me. You made them. You love them. You know them. And I'm simply asking, Lord, do whatever it takes with nothing held back, that the eyes of their heart might be opened. And we don't have to worry or even obsess all our part is to pray. If we do our part, God cannot fail to do his. So at, at Christmas, especially when this is, it gets more deep and it, the nerve sure. gets touched, this, what you're suggesting is there is for the parent or anyone who has a prodigal, you, this is release, this is total submission of that person to God, so then you rest in him, you place your faith in him, and not that I can say the right thing when I pass the turkey to them, that we'll get them, you know, uh, that that you're going to release them, and in that release, it sounds like you're saying you are able to love them well without frowning and doing whatever we in our flesh would do. You know, the issue is not our prodigals. The issue is really between us and God. Either we believe in God or we don't. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, when you're sitting around passing the turkey and the dressing or whatever it is, right, you might say something that, that seems like a mistake at the time, or you might stumble. Uh, it, human relationships are such that they go up and down like the temperature, and, and you may stumble into something, or you may say something, and a door may open. Who knows? Either we believe in the sovereignty of God, or we don't. Here's another verse, Proverbs 21.1, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like rivers of water, he turns it any way he wants. Let's change that. The heart of the prodigal is in the hand of the Lord. He can turn that heart this way or that way. If that's true, then, Chris, it's not up to us. We can relax. We can release. And we can trust God and do the best we can. And even if we make, as you would say, a mistake, we can Mm -hmm. trust God. He can bring something good out of what seems to be a mistake on our part. Let's uh, stay in Florida. Dr. Ray Pritchard's with us today. Victoria's on the line. Hi, Victoria. Go right ahead. Hi, Chris. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Good. Um, I was raised in a Catholic family. My sister, a bunch of us became addicts. Um, um, Parents were alcoholic. And I got saved at an early age and have been walking with him and a couple of my other sisters the same. But there's one that... um, She's been drinking since she was 12, and I, I, I'm just, I, I wait for that phone call. Um, she's 62, so she's been drinking for 50 years. I'm not going to do this without crying. I just I don't understand why 
been praying for her for a long time, and I just don't want her to die without Christ. Oh, God bless you, yep. Victoria. I can hear the, I can hear the ache there, you know, and and I think those those tears and that broken-hearted feeling that you have that, you know, there's something there more than just the family thing. It sounds like to me, Ray. What would you say to somebody in Victoria's situation? Victoria, God bless you. God bless you a thousand times over. God bless you forever for loving your sister so much that your heart is broken for her. And I want to say something I said earlier that I have, I believe more profoundly as the years go by, that when God gives a burden, it's because he intends to give an answer. Let me say that another way. God never wastes his burdens. When God gives us a burden to pray and we actually begin to pray, it's because he intends to give an answer. And I think as you pray, it ought not to be in hopelessness or despair, but it ought to be, Lord, for all these years, I've been hanging on for my sister and having come this far, I believe this burden, think about this, is a gift from you. It's a gift that you intend to use to bring her back to you. So Lord, I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing. And I think I'm going to live to see the answer to this prayer. At least that's the right attitude to have, that the burden is not bad, but good. The burden is a sign of God's grace at work in her life. When God gives a burden, it's because he intends to give an answer. Mm. Victoria, what do you say to that? Um, I, I've thought that over the years, you know, as my other sisters got sober, I just, you know, I know we have a choice. I know she has a choice. Um, but I, I believe that. I absolutely do. Um, and I'm just going to continue to pray. That's all I can do. And I think we should do that now. Victoria, thank you. Um, Ray, would you pray for Victoria's sister? And then I think it was Pam who had the two sons that were in, in various stages of prodigal dumb or hood or whatever it is. Uh, so for these two, uh, three people here, Ray, would you just lift them Let's up right do now? It. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you loved us so much that you you came for us that while we were yet sinners and ungodly and enemies and rebels and prodigals, you didn't forget about us, but you came for us. Lord, because you came for us, we know, we know we can pray with faith, with Pam for her two sons, with Victoria for her sister. Lord, for, for our loved ones and friends in many places. Lord, I'll bet there's every listener out there has got a prodigal, somebody you're praying for. Give us faith, Lord. Give us faith to rest upon the truth of your word that where you give a burden, you intend to give an answer. Help us not to give up. Lord, we pray you will do whatever it takes. Nothing held back. We release our loved ones to you. Do whatever it takes that the eyes of their hearts might be opened, that a light from heaven may come flooding in. And Lord, during these days of Christmas, fill us with hope and peace and joy in believing. Help us to pray with faith and not with mm. doubt. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. Amen. In that passage in Ephesians, I just had to point this out that there is, you know, this is Paul talking to the the believers in Ephesus, and he's saying, um, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, which, which exists among you and your love for all the saints. Do not cease giving, I do not cease giving thanks for you while making mention of you in my prayers. And there is this sense of thanks, as Victoria was talking about her sister, 
She's been drinking a long time. I'm, my guess is she's got the physical effects of this if she's been, and she has been preserved. She's still alive. She hasn't lost her life. So there are things that you can be thankful for in the middle of thanks for that, that my sister is still here. There's still hope. She's still got breath. She's still making these decisions. So you can thank God for that. And I almost think there is a sense, Ray, of thanking God for the prodigal for what they're doing on the inside, what what Victoria, the places that she has gone with her compassion are related to this person that she loves an awful lot. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm glad that my you know sibling is an alcoholic. What I'm saying is this has taken her to a deeper level of dependence on God, and you can be thankful in that situation. Does that make sense? The first work that needs to be happened that needs to happen when we pray for our prodigals is not in them, it's in us, to free us from bitterness, to free us from despair, to bring us to the place where we realize, Lord, if you don't do something, nothing will be done. But that's always the case, isn't it? I mean, it's either all of grace or it's not. The same grace that reached us can reach our prodigals too. And if God uses the prodigals in our lives to humble us, to purify us, if he uses that to develop desperate, dependent dependence on Jesus, you know what? That's not a bad place to be. Yes. Did you hear that as you're listening today? The first work that needs to be done is right here on the inside. It's not in the the prodigal. It's in you. It's in me. That's encouraging because you and I can make that choice, right? We'll continue more of your calls straight ahead. Ray Pritchard's with us today on Chris Fabry Live. I heard about having a quiet time a long time ago, and it gets harder and harder to get quiet with God each day, especially with all the noise in the culture. And if you struggle with that, here's a help for you. Mornings with Tozer. It's a 365-day devotional reading, and the thoughts here come from sermons by Aidan Wilson Tozer that he preached close to his death in 1963. They're marked with this concern for spiritual intimacy and true worship. And he urges you each day to pursue God, to confess your sin, to fervently pray, to seek the Spirit, and maybe even help you pray for that prodigal in your life. If you give a gift to Chris Fabry Live today, we'll send you Mornings with Tozer and help your quiet soul or help you quiet your soul in 2018. A gift of any size. 866-95-FABRY is our number. Or go to chrisfabrylive.org. ChrisFabryLive.org, and thanks for being a back fence friend. In the break, I was talking with Ray Pritchard about, you know, people just need, are needing hope. I think when you talk this way about prodigals, that there is this hope that you're talking about that is that transcends what we can understand or even envision for the person that we care about. So let me go to Illinois. Marvin's on the line with a story of his own. Hi, Marvin. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Sure thing. Go I've right got ahead. a younger. I got a younger brother who's a minister, um, who also holds grudges for years and decades. He's got an. Our, our older brother is dead to him, and I'm right on the line. Probably the next one to be dead to him. 
and it's the the two won't even come to family gatherings together. I will, but it's it's very uncomfortable. It's I I don't know. It's, Stressful. I won't even get into the theology the, the theology part because that's for a whole new show. Yeah. Well, when when you think about your brother who's the minister, I mean, when you pray for him, how do you pray? What do you pray for? Well, in my evening prayers, I pray for all my brothers and sisters. Well, I have one sister, so I pray for my sister and all my brothers. I don't get into specifics. Is it something you think maybe I should do? Well, I think you should. You, I think maybe you should at least pray this way, that 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 God would give to your brother a spirit of openness, of humility, of repentance. It's, you know, as you said, these, these, we could spend hours trying to untangle the problems, but let's face it. Let me say again, for all of our listeners, in all these cases, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. It's rarely an intellectual issue. It's something going on in the inside. And I urge you to pray for your brother who's the minister that God would grant him humility and brokenness and a spirit of forgiveness and that God would do whatever it takes to open the eyes of his heart. You know, those, those of us in the ministry, we need folks praying that for us as well, because our eyes can be closed to the, to the truth. Our eyes can, we can be hardened into bitterness. We can be hurt so much in the ministry. In fact, I've known a lot of, a lot of men and women who've been in the ministry deeply hurt by things that happened, some deserved, a lot undeserved, that that you can you can let a root of bitterness get in that destroys and skews destroys your ministry and skews your whole perspective on life. And I would urge you to pray for your brother that way. Now when you when you approach him or talk to him, is he even open to talking to you? If if we keep the the conversation extremely benign Mm-hmm. Um, a real quick example, a mutual friend posted something on Facebook, and it had to do with taxes, the president, a couple other things, and a number of people commented. Well, I commented also, and I, I a short paragraph in this guy's comment, a short paragraph in this guy's, and then a short paragraph in what my brother had said. I didn't single anybody out. He came, He became so unglued in his next comment that I – messaged the guy and apologized to him and he messaged me back and saying that's okay i just deleted everything he said wow wow well you know chris that could lead yeah. us that that could lead us down another whole road exactly uh, that's what i was thinking <laughs> let, me, let me just say this and then chris you jump in here and say something but wow america is divided i mean politics is a touchy 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 subject and I think in terms of these close relationships, we should think, you know, we, we tell ourselves about, you know, think before you hit the send button, mm-hmm. right? Well, we need to do that before we hit the send button, before we uh, put a text message out there, or put a Facebook post up there, because um, what you, sometimes what you can say face-to-face will be heard one way, but in cold print is going to be received another way, even if you didn't mean it that way. So just a reminder to all of us to be extra cautious this time of the year when we're dealing with sensitive political issues where feelings right now are running very deep. Yes. I'm glad you got through Marvin. And the thing that I was thinking as you're talking, we did a program this week on modeling generosity and how it fosters when you 
live this in front of other people. They catch that. And I wonder if what Ray just said a moment ago, this praying for this spirit of brokenness, humility, I wonder if that's ever been modeled for him. And I'm not blaming anybody in the family for, you know, how he's acted. But I wonder what would happen, and you can answer this, Ray, what would happen in a person's life who is kind of vindictive? And if if brothers, sisters came alongside and said, you know, the the family has been strained and, and stressed in, in a lot of different ways. And I've said some things, I've acted in some ways. I probably didn't even know that, you know, how I was acting. I just want you to know that I'm, if I've been a part of the problem, I'm, I'm sorry about that. Or maybe you find a specific thing. When I said this thing on Facebook and it didn't come out right and, and you took offense at that. And I just, I'm honestly sorry that things degenerated like that because it's something that I said, I I really want to move closer to you. Can you forgive me? And really mean it. You know, you're not just doing this to manipulate him. Ray, what happens when the person who's been praying for the the brother is humble himself or herself? It's always the first step, isn't it? As you know, we, we said earlier, the first change that needs to happen always is the change that needs to happen in us. This kind of goes to, to what Jesus said. First, get the telephone pole out of your own eye. Then you can see clearly get the get the. A speck out of your brother's eye. I think if we go in that spirit of saying, if I have done anything wrong or, or I clearly see that I offended you, whether I meant it or not, doesn't even matter. I am asking for your forgiveness and I, and I want there to be a healing in our relationship. I think we ought to go with the spirit of saying, Lord, I'm going to do my part and I'm going to release my brother to you. And however he responds, it doesn't even matter. I'm not doing this to force him to respond in a certain way. Because, you know, even if you say that in the best of the, the, the best of intentions, somebody could blow you off or could blow up, or they could respond in true repentance themselves. We have to, we have to take care of our side of the street, so to speak, yeah, and let yeah. the Lord take care of how the other person responds. I'm glad that you're in his life, Marvin. You, that you, your older brother, you said doesn't, you know, it's kind of written him off, doesn't speak anymore. You're there. You have access, and that's another reason why there is hope here. God bless you as you, as you get together over Christmas. Probably, I want to give a little bit. We're going to change gears. I want to give a little bit more hope in a different realm because Jeremy's on the line. Jeremy, why did you call today? Yes, hi. I called today just because uh, I was one of those prodigals. Um, Pretty much uh, me and all my brothers were. uh, I struggled with alcohol for quite some time. Uh, Been uh, almost five years sober now. Um, My one brother was a heroin addict for eight years um, and is now... uh, uh, running a addictions program um, and it came by prayer through a faithful mother who loved her children uh, unconditionally and uh, so I just want parents to know that there's hope um, out there just just keep praying um, I had to be broken down uh, in order for me to um, come back to Christ what did your mom pray for you, Jeremy? Has she told you anything about specifically how she prayed? I uh, that uh, yes, the Lord would keep us safe, 
but that uh, he would do his work in our life, um, whatever that was, for us to come back. Hmm. I'm going to get your and mom's for- number because I got a bunch of people who want, <laughs> who want her on their prayer team. That's right. So. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that great, that's, Ray? That's, yeah. That's one thing about my mom um, is she just she prays. She prays for people. Um, for me, it was uh, coming to the point of almost committing suicide for me to uh, come back. But God knows what he's doing. He's faithful. Uh, he breaks us down sometimes, but uh, he'll use it for his good. You know, what a wonderful testimony, Jeremy. Thank God that you're, you're a proof that a mother's prayers have great power. The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much with God. And that, that term in James five sixteen, effectual, it means boiling, the boiling mm. prayers of the righteous. What's a boiling prayer it has nothing to do with, with posture or eyes open or closed or volume. Uh, sometimes the most powerful prayers are hardly verbalized at all. But your mother prayed boiling prayers to God, and she never gave up. And God has given her the desire of her heart. So let's just say to all the mothers and grandmothers out there, do not give up. Your prayers have great power with God. Especially as you get close to Christmas when the ache gets even a little bit more deep. So we give thanks for Jeremy, for Jeremy's mom and the siblings there, and also for Marvin and his brother and the relationship that they still have and the opportunity, the hope that is there. And we want to pass that hope along to you. Ray Pritchard's with us today. This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. Well, evidently, this is where a lot of people are living today. You have a prodigal, and we'll say it once, and we'll say it again and again. Don't you stop praying. Don't give up. Keep praying. Don't give up. Ray Pritchard's with us today. Keep Believing Ministries. Find out more about him. And Anchor for the Soul is our featured resource. We talked about that last time, too. A great resource for you. Sheila's in Cleveland. Hi, Sheila. Go right ahead. Hi. I had a, a quick question. Um I heard that God has to give true repentance to someone before they can come to him. And let's say for a backslidden person or a prodigal um, child, is that true? Or, I mean, what what if they pray for forgiveness and they're unsure, have doubts that they belong to God? Well, there's a couple of questions inside that. That's really, really, and that this really important topic will go to the story of the prodigal son, the the one that Jesus told. He was in the far country. He had come to the very end. He had lost everything. And finally, he looked up, the Bible says, and he came to his senses, which, by the way, is a reminder that walking away from the Lord, prodigality, if you will, it's a kind of spiritual insanity. It's moving from the light into the darkness. And when the prodigal son came to his senses, he said, I will arise and I will go to my father. What is repentance? It's understanding what a terrible mess you've made of your life and how your, how your decisions have led you down one wrong road after another and how you've driven the car of life into the ditch over and over again. And you've made the same dumb mistakes over and over again. Here's the thing. What we need to remember is that we 
ourselves are never going to be able to convince a prodigal of the error of their ways. We just can't do it. Remember, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. But when we pray, Lord, grant them repentance, what we mean is, Lord, open their eyes so light from heaven will come flooding in and they will see. Suddenly they will see, oh, what a mess I've made. What a fool I've been. How wrong I've been. No human being can, I can't do that for anybody else, but God can. So that's the, that's the repentance we're asking for. And if you, if you say to yourself, did the prodigal son have any doubts? Sure he did. On the way back home, he didn't know how his father was going to respond, but he knew the right thing to do was to put one foot in front of the other. And the wonderful part of the story is that the father stood there in the road And when he saw his son afar off, you remember what it says? He ran to him. He ran. He ran. He didn't wait for his son to get all the way home. So it is with our heavenly father. It's not as if he puts us on a performance standard and says, prove prove yourself to me. The, The tiniest bit of turning, the tiniest bit of repentance, the tiniest bit of sorrow towards sin, opens up the floodgates of heaven, and grace comes pouring down. So let's just pray that God will Mm -hmm. give that spirit of repentance, and when God does, we will see a turning, and miracles, true miracles, will take place. Yeah. And that hound to heaven. (laughs) That's right. He is on the path. He's on the case right now. There's probably somebody listening right now who said, yeah, you know, you guys, God, God failed me a long time ago, and I went, my. you know what? Why are you listening to this? There's something inside of you that's saying this must, there must be something here. (laughs) There must be some hope here. And there is because God loved you enough to die in your place. And I I know we say that over and over and over again, but it's true. Uh, And and here's another uh, example. (laughs) I knew it started with the X. John in Minnesota. Hey, John, go right ahead. Hey, Chris. Say, uh, I, you know, I just heard one of the persons talking about their mother praying for them, and I wanted to share this. My wife, I was ten, about ten years ago, I was a meth addict, and my wife would, became a new believer, and she started praying for me. And she basically uh, prayed and prayed. And she said, "Told God, says, God, if John doesn't straighten up in six months, I'm going to leave him." And Almost six months to the day I was arrested and got got into drug court and went through there and, and got into a recovery Bible study with a bunch of hardcore bikers that were recovering. And, you know, they, they, they pushed me through it, you know. And to this day, you know, I go, now I go down and I do jail meetings. I have a recovery Bible study myself. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a good life. I'm living the dream. <laughs> wow wow what do you say to that ray well that's that's what we're talking about isn't it i mean here's a here's a wife who prayed with desperation and as you said john to the day but should that surprise us this is when the miracles happen if we do our part and thank god for your wife thank god he gave her a burden and thank god she didn't give up and thank god she kept on praying and yeah, it's hard to be arrested and go to drug court and show up in the show up in the recovery Bible study with the bikers and all the rest. But look, at the end of this, 
Now, I'm not saying this to you, John. I'm saying this to all of our listeners. Here's a man who's living the dream, who has mm-hmm. gone from from living in the far country of sin. God's brought him all the way back through the prayers of a godly wife. So, friends, do not give up. Because some of you have, you got a John in your life. you got a Sarah. you got yes. you got somebody in your life who today is far, far away. Be encouraged. The Lord knows where they are. Look. They may have run away from God, but God's not run away from them. They may think they're on their own, but the Lord is on their case. Chris, that's the hound of heaven. He knows where our loved ones are. Our part is to pray. If we do our part to pray and believe and never give up, we will see miracles happen. And John, thank you so much. You have, you've lifted my spirits by sharing your story with us today. And that's not a guarantee. You know, you can't say, no, save my husband in six months or, you know, arrest him in six months and expect this is absolutely is going to happen the way that you want it to happen. So we have to be careful with that, right? Well, absolutely. Let's do our part. Let's believe God. Remember the theology of Christmas. If God came for us when we were prodigals, he can come for our prodigals who are out there now. So never give up. Keep praying and keep believing. And let's wait and see what God does and believe him for miracles of restoration. One of the reasons why the ministry is called what it's called, Keep Believing Ministries. Ray, thank you. And thank you for that passage in Ephesians. Again, Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, Paul prayed that God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So that's what we pray for you today. And then... As Reyes prayed for the prodigals, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be opened so that light from heaven may come flooding in, or simply I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And then verse 19, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? God bless you as you've listened today. Any final word, Ray, of encouragement before we leave? Let's remember, it's God who does the work. Our part is to pray. If we do our part, the God who holds the hearts of our loved ones in his hands, he will not fail. Let's pray and keep believing. Ray has written an anchor for the soul. It's our featured resource. You can find out more at chrisfabrylive.org. Be encouraged. Keep praying and come on back next time. Chris Fabry Live's production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Global Ministries.